Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 135. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And uh, we come to you a day late. We apologize for that, but uh, we had some medical issues. We got them cleared up. Mostly. I, I, I'll i take the fall for this one. Yeah, migraine. I've had it for three days now. Two days. I can't even keep straight. Yeah, if you think Zoner normally rages pretty hard, you don't want to hear a podcast with him on a migraine. That was actually one of the discussions I was having with my wife. She said, you should you should not do it. I said, but there will be so much rage. Listenership drops to zero. <laughs> this guy was just mad at everyone. He hated the world, man. <laughs> I, I was not pleasant. I'll just leave it at that. Well, which is funny, because this week we don't have a lot to talk about that would normally cause rage, actually. Yeah, no Lucas news. <laughs> I would have found the rage, however. Curse you, Blackberry. I'm deciding to rage for no reason. <laughs> hey, before we get too into it, we want to give a shout-out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. Uh, hey, did you know that Krypton Radio still has their uh, their crowdsourcing campaign going on there? You should head on over to kryptonradio.com. Check out what's going on. You can be a backer. You can own part of the station. They'll give a shout-out to you after shows. You know, hey, it's... It's pretty awesome. You want to give back to a uh, to a radio community that's given so much to the geek culture. Uh, that's how you can do it. Can't think of a better way. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Did you really? Did, like, did you just make that up? Or no, that's what that's like their it's, tagline. It's part of the campaign. It's yeah. what they do. Wow, I that's suck as thing. a friend. <laughs> Sorry, Moving guys. On. Sorry, guys. Really, isn't it the season to give Halloween, you know? Give cavities? Yeah, Yeah, sure. You could give on Halloween. That's (laughs) the nature. Well, into our headlines this week, because we got a lot of them, and they do seem to be kind of all over the place. Uh, First up is not what you think it might be, because Apple had their launch and Nokia had their launch. But first up, uh, more Edward Snowden leaks. You probably heard this on the news elsewhere, but more documents have been leaked that uh, implicate the NSA and the CIA for listening in on up to 35 world leaders. Now, when I say listening in, the documents insinuate that they're literally listening in, like they're actually tapping their personal cell phones. This led to a huge blow-up with uh, Germany's president basically calling out President Obama saying, Hey, are you hacking my phone? Are you listening to me? Knock that crap off. Which, I gotta give mad props to. If you're gonna be a world leader, keep it real. Yeah, I think that's cool. But, you know, I I saw something today. Apparently, a lot of countries are going to the UN saying, Hey, US kind of sucks with this whole spying thing. You need to do something. Yeah. Well, as a result, probably as a direct retaliation to that, Germany has said that they want their own internet. Now, I'm not entirely sure what they think they mean by this. AOL. Portal. (laughs) Chat rooms. Do some shopping. That's about all you got. Isn't that technically an intranet? Ooh, good call. An intranet to the rest of the world, but to all the constituents of Germany, it'd be an internet. Well, okay. Here's how a network works. You can network within an environment. In this case, the environment is Germany. But that becomes an internal network. It doesn't connect to the rest of the internet. All right, but by your definition, the internet could also be considered an intranet. Well, sure, intra to the rest of the world. Right. Anyway, continue. Anyway, so... I mean, this works for, like, China, okay? China does the same thing, and then it encapsulates its internet with the Great Firewall of China, as it were. It does that to block certain uh, content from being seen by citizens inside China. But that doesn't stop the rest of the world from knowing what those people are looking up. See, every time you send a request out to the internet saying, I want to look at kittens, the rest of the world can see that request. So maybe it's just a lack of my technical understanding, but I'm not sure how Germany could actually do this. Because even 
even if it were to police what goes in and out of its own network, everyone else would still be able to see what was being requested. What if they only allowed sites and things that were hosted in Germany so there was no going outside the country's borders for anything as far as technology goes? So if like Amazon... Amazon wants a German site. They got a setup shop in Germany. I think they do, but you know, Google wants a Yahoo or a Google wants a Yahoo site. Let's do that. If Google wants to have their search engine there, let's you know set up servers and everything in Germany so it never goes outside the border. That would work for things like voice over IP and and telecom. Certainly, yeah, email. If you if you, by law, are forced to only use an email provider within country, that could work. They could try and do their own state-sponsored Tor network. For anyone who doesn't know the Tor network, um, it, you know in a movie when they say, track that IP, I'm sorry, he's bouncing it all over the place, I can't track it. That's a movieized version of the Tor network. You know, I actually saw something today, I believe, talking about the Tor network, how the NSA was able to exploit flaws within the Tor network, and that's how they've been doing a lot of their snooping and their spying. I've been reading up on that, too, and the actual story is, you know what the exploit was? The people. They didn't hack the technology. They still can't break the technology. They were able to uh, just, you know, that social engineering able to gain the confidence of some Tor network users and use them to get into the network. But even uh-huh. then, by the way the Tor network works, the most the NSA or anyone who gets in can ever see is just a small segment of traffic, and they can't choose what traffic they look for. So they may be able to capture like a few frames of data, and they can see, oh, well, there's this person named Schmitty, and he's on Gmail, and here's part of a conversation. But they can't go in and search for Zoner and pull up his data, because that's not the way the Tor network works. Yeah, it, they, they could happen to fall upon his data, but track it from there or, or to there, it's, it's impossible. Not impossible, ultimately difficult. <laughs> yeah. Now... Before we move any further on this, you know, without dwelling on it too much, I'm kind of confused why people are freaking out about this. Not that I think that it's totally ethical. I think it's not. Um, I, I think this is definitely going to piss off a lot of allies, and rightfully so. You know, this is not what you do. And even if people think they know you're doing it, they shouldn't. Like, like it shouldn't. If this is a national secret, some contractor shouldn't have been able to get his hands on the stuff to send it out to the world. You know, that's that's shoddy secret keeping right now. But for every piece of technology that you ever see in a movie, like a James Bond thing or a Jason Bourne thing or whatever kind of spy thriller that's set in modern times, and oh, that's a cool little piece of technology. Well, guess what? The government actually has something like that, probably better than in the movie. Yeah. Or, or, or they've been working on something like that. Well, if you watch any recent James Bond movie, they're like, well, who is that person? I need to know who that person is, and I, I need eyes on that cell phone, or I need to hear that phone conversation. And boom, within a few moments, I have the guy on facial recognition, and they've hacked the cell phone, and they have the conversation, they know who he's talking to, and all this different stuff, right? So why are we surprised that it actually turns out to be pretty accurate that that's how they work? <laughs> I mean, that's what's been yeah, happening. Yeah, that's the real question here, is why are people surprised? Yeah, I mean, it's been happening in movies for years, people. <laughs> I mean, granted, I... Don't they know by now that you can't trust the government? I mean, I, I understand that you probably put this in the same corner of reality as kaiju and, you know, dinosaurs on an island somewhere, but this one's probably more likely to be happening, because it has been happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, not to be outdone, a DDoS, a distributed denial of service attack, has hit the NSA's site. Let's see. I actually don't know if it's back yet. Uh, it's been down pretty much all day. We're recording this on Friday, and all day it's been down. Now, checking it, checking it right now. Yeah, I'm checking it as well. The news article has been updated, the NSA site went down due to quote-unquote internal error, not DDoS attack, the agency claims. 
Of course they do. Because we can trust what the NSA says. We really need to ask Edward Snowden what happened to the site today. Because evidently <laughs> he he knows everything that's going on in there. No, he's been cut off, so I don't know if he knows what's hap- what happens new in the... I don't know. You think they changed his password? There's <laughs> <laughs> hoping. We... He, <laughs> Listeners at home who don't work in IT, because I, I realize that not all of our listeners are computer people, but um, you'd be surprised how often the IT people are the last ones to know that, a, that an employee has left a company, and their account will stay active for like a year afterwards. Yeah. It happens all too frequently. Yeah. So it looks like the yeah, site is actually still down. Yep. Well, whatever their internal error is... Maybe the, maybe the White House requisitioned their servers for healthcare.gov. You haven't paid your premium. That wouldn't help. That that's like that's like trying to bail out a boat that's already completely underwater. <laughs> but it would give some poetic justice to take the NSA's resources to do it. Yes, that would be hilarious. All right. Um, speaking of hacking, um, I don't know if this actually counts as hacking, but it's definitely a weird security issue. PHP.net, a website used to distribute PHP, the executable code that runs most of the internet, uh, was taken offline shortly. It was, uh, it became, I should take that back. It wasn't taken offline. It was, it was listed by Google as a untrusted source. Right. It, it, yeah, it was a compromised site. There was some script or something that somebody had gotten on the website, and it was it was causing problems. Schmitty knows more about it than I do. Yeah, so so part of the part of the code that they they used in there for for tracking and site statistics uh, actually embedded a piece of code from another site um, that that was flagged for malicious code earlier in the week, and then eventually found on PHP.net. The code itself that it was bringing in was not malicious, but the site that they were using was flagged for malicious code. So, that being said, PHP developers or the PHP.net developers found it, uh, removed it for the time being until until it could be fixed. So, it's kind of weird to show how Google can screw sites over like that. They didn't actually have any malicious code on there, but they embedded code from a site who was flagged as having malicious code. So yeah, that's kind of the problem with having Google just place algorithms yeah. on everything. It's the problem with algorithms over human human filtering, but can you imagine how how much longer the human filtering would take? This was found and within three hours it was fixed. Human filtering, this probably would have never been found and had malicious code leaked onto it, who knows what could happen. I don't so know. It, it's good and bad, I guess. We're, we're still at an 8% unemployment rate, right? This is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can be a human web filter. Sit there. It just depends endlessly. on the numbers that you look at, though, because the don't get started. Don't get started, Zoner. Don't get... But how, <laughs> that would be, like, the very worst job in existence. Like, postal workers who have to type in illegible addresses on letters have a better job than <laughs> it would be to be a we- human web filter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or what about all the human drones that had to type in praise for a certain company we'll get into later on. (laughs) You will understand why we (laughs) laugh at that. Uh, Speaking of lack of security or weird security, um, Apple has been lambasted because they seem to be under the delusion that no one can hack them. Now, Whatever your thoughts are on the Mac OS or OS X, because they've dropped the Mac name, it's just OS X now, versus Windows versus Linux is irrelevant because the service in question is their web service, their web store, the iCloud service. For whatever reason, Apple resists using the two-step authentication. They're one of the only companies now that, that won't do that. And for anyone who doesn't know, and really you should know, you should be doing this, but in case you don't, two-stage authentication typically consists of logging into a site with your username and password, and then one of two things happens. Either it then texts you a numeric code for you to enter, 
and this updates regularly. Or if you have an app on your phone or on your computer or somewhere that keeps in time with the server, you can enter the code directly from it yourself. It provides a rolling key. Yeah, it's a rolling key. The uh, the RSA tokens use the same technologies, what they're based off of. That way, if someone is able to get your username and, their pa- and your password, they would need to also have the code. And even if they had the code, that doesn't matter because in 30 seconds, that code changes. You need to have a device that is synced up with the algorithm and with the server time to get in. It's how we've set stolen droids up. It's how I've set up all my Gmail. Even my Facebook I have set up this way. And all major computer systems allow this in some way. You might have to go digging into your settings, but it's there. Android users, you have a really handy app for it in the Play Store. I use I'm Windows Phone, and I have it as well. Um, but for whatever reason, Apple thinks you don't need it. Because, of course, it's Apple. Well, a security audit happened to Apple this is just this last week, and they found that without that two-stage authentication, the audit team was able to go in and start downloading the entire contents of different people's iCloud accounts. Which sucks if that was you. <laughs> Not good. And th- this can't be good news for uh, the users either. They don't say how many users were affected, um... Oh, or or if they do know, uh, they're not giving that information out. But um, it, it can't be a good thing for anyone who uses iCloud because they don't know if their their data was, was actually affected. So what's Apple's response to this? Are they just going to tell There's no the iCloud users they're holding the cloud wrong? <laughs> There's no response. <laughs> no, no. What will happen here is, let's see, it's October, so come March, there's going to be a press conference, and Apple's going to show you how they have innovated security once again by introducing a seven-digit numeric code system built entirely with Synergy in-house. <laughs> nice. They're they're gonna they're gonna spin it some way. The, and Android users will be saying, "We've had that for two years." Yeah, and RSA users are gonna be laughing at all of us, going, "We've had that for forty years." Yep. And and media will say, "Look, Al- Apple found this innovative way to bring security to you, so that you can be as secure as the government." <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll they'll be pimping Apple, saying how. Although the technology has been there, Apple is the one who made it accessible to the little man. Well, and let's let's get into that a little bit. Apple did have their um, their conference, their their announcement conference this week. I personally think uh, scheduled at this point to overshadow Nokia's Lumia World conference they had, but we'll get into that in a bit. They launched OS X Maverick, which they had talked about back in spring. Um, the new Mac Pro, which they also Mavericks. talked about. Yeah, Mavericks. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the new Mac Pro, which we've talked about on this show as being gorgeous. I still stand by that. I'd buy one. And Mac 2D2. <laughs> yeah, the Mac 2D2 and the new iPads. Now let's get into the nitty gritty of it. OS X Mavericks <clears throat> ten point nine. So why is it plural? I don't it's, understand. It's that. named. It's named after a place in California known for its waves, and the place itself is called Mavericks. That's so, a stupid name. They're, apparently they're going to start naming, instead of instead of naming all their operating system versions after cats, now they're going after locations. I don't know if they're targeting just surfing locations, but this particular one is a surfing location in Northern California. Uh, you know, Microsoft did that with their Windows uh, projects. Each project was codenamed after a city. Durango, uh, Liz- no, not Lisbon. Um, I can't remember. Well, Longhorn wasn't a city, but well, uh, sure it is. I'm sure there's a Longhorn city, probably in Texas. Uh, oh, possibly, yeah. <laughs> you have Longhorn wasn't the official project name either. No, it wasn't. But like XP was Whistler. Mm-hmm. I forget what's, what what uh, Vista was, but anyway, going on. So Mavericks is new in a lot of different ways for, for for Apple. First off, it's free. It is the very first OS X upgrade that has been free, which I can't joke about with my Apple friends anymore because Apple always used to give crap. Oh, you look at you having to upgrade Windows again, pay all that money. Oh, look, another service pack. 
The fact of the matter is, is that Apple users have been shelling out between $100 to $200 per service pack. Each one of these upgrades to OS X has been a service pack they've had to pay for. This one is free. I really think they are going after Microsoft hard in this way. And, you know, it, it's probably a good idea. It was probably time. Right. Um, however, it's also causing some other issues in that it's not quite as seamless as people would have, would, would like. It's taking forever. And Apple has announced that they will not release any security updates for any version of OS X before Mavericks. What this means is that all those little security updates you've been constantly getting so you can rub in our face how no one can hack a Mac, which sounds like it should be like, I don't know, a, a, an activity or something. It's the 10th annual children's Hack-A-Mac. Party activity. Yeah. For the Children's Festivity Center. Well, um, they will have them now. Yeah, probably. That means that you are no longer getting those updates. So if your computer, if your Apple can run Mavericks, run, don't walk, and get the update. Because yeah. if you don't, you won't get any more updates from here on out. Yeah, you and must if you can't, time to buy a new Mac. <laughs> I, or go to Windows. I've been picking up uh, feedback from people uh, in my office that have been upgrading to Mavericks. So things, a couple things that you should know before upgrading to Mavericks, if you haven't already, is it can take anywhere from one hour to 15 hours. <laughs> Ouch. One guy was out of work the entire day, um, uh, and and I and granted, I I think it was because he had uh, he he was using boot camp um, had Windows eight point one installed also. I think that may have had a little bit of influence on the the time. Um, and after the installation, um, if you're a developer and you have a local environment set up, uh, it changes your host file. It changes uh, it. it it wipes out a lot of the settings that you have, so they had to essentially re reinitialize their entire local development environment. Wow! Um, so, so not a lot of settings kept during the update, then. No. Um, we have a. I have a friend online, Dave too. He runs the site blogography.com. Awesome site you should check out sometime. Uh, but he said, and and I, I second this. No matter what you're doing, especially on an Apple, back up. Back up, back up. His update went in and cleared his Gmail inbox. Not his local copy of his Gmail inbox. It signed in, synced the account, and then proceeded to delete every email he had ever received to his Gmail account. Uh oh. <laughs> that just sounds like some sort of devil work there. Well, yeah, it's, it's partially it's, because uh, Apple didn't really do the upgrade. Pr- correctly, but also, in their defense, Google has a really funky IMAP setup for for how Gmail works. This yeah. is why Gmail doesn't like Exchange anymore, quote-unquote. This is why Gmail over POP3 doesn't look quite right. It's really easy <laughs> to screw up. I, I think this particular issue was more Google's fault uh, for not being, not using a standard. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, backup, 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 backup. Now, this, this is only if you're using Gmail through uh, Apple's mail program, which I can't remember what it's called. Um, so if you're, if you're not using Gmail through that, if, you're using, if, you're, if you only check Gmail through the web interface and you upgrade to Mavericks, you should be fine. Well, you should back up anyway, because this is yes. Apple we're talking about. Uh, we'll skip the Mac Pro. We'll get back to it in a moment here. They released two new iPads, one with a really stupid name, and the other one we all knew was coming. The iPad Air and the iPad Mini Retina. The iPad Mini Retina looks a lot like the current one, only it has a much better screen. Uh, yay. New processor, some more memory. It's, it's, if you've seen the iPad Mini, it's still the iPad Mini. The new iPad Air, however, is impressive. I, I don't use Apple anymore, but it is an impressive little device. It's now one pound. They shaved, they shaved half a pound off of it. It's tiny, thin. Yeah, the, the, bezel, the bezel is, is smaller. Um, it's using a sixty-four bit A7 processor now, which is yeah. unheard of for 
yeah. this type of... I, I, I will fully give props to Apple. Their hardware is insane. Then you have to remember you're still running iOS 7 on top of it. So... And you can't root that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, if only you could put Android on this bad boy. Yeah. Well, and it's like I see the new Surface 2 and the Surface Pro 2, the new Windows 8.1 tablets. It's like, well, yeah, that's Windows 8.1. And, man, I'd love to use that. But, man, it's that bezel thick. Man, is that hardware just clunky. And then you see the new iPad Air. And it's like, yeah, there's a reason why Apple still gets away with this, why people are willing to give it a mulligan. And it's because their design is just insane. However, it is now horribly, obviously crippled by the OS it's running. That hardware is second to none. It is next-gen. The OS is holding it back. And and we've said this before, not to keep you know driving the point, not to be mean to Apple, but if it looked like it was clunking along before on the previous version, it's painfully obvious now. Yeah. So how long are Apple fans going to put up with this before they say, you need to go back and you need to give me something that's usable because this tablet is wasted. Well, y- your question is directed at the Apple fans. True Apple fans are not going to care. True. So, Apple casual users? <laughs> I don't know the term. Well, let's, I, let's put it this way. I'm not going to go out and buy one just because it looks sexy. <laughs> yeah. And iOS 7 is not helping. So. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. If I could buy one and throw another OS onto it, I'd do that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'd buy I'd buy the new iPad Air over any Windows tablet, over any Android tablet, if I could get another OS onto it. Amen. <laughs> and on that note is the new Mac Pro. The Mac Pro we talked about back in spring. It's uh, it's a cylinder. It's a canister. It looks like a trash receptacle. And I know that sounds like I'm mocking it, but truly I'm not. That thing is gorgeous. And it is powerful. What we were talking about before with Mac hardware and Mac design is especially true in this thing. If you haven't seen it, go on over to Apple.com or just Google it. There's people making fun of it. There's people drinking the Kool-Aid. Let's put it this way. If I had the money, I would buy that thing in a heartbeat. (laughs) I'd boot camp it and throw Windows 8.1 onto it, sure. But I would still buy it. Yeah. You know, this podcast would be mixed on a Mac if I could. It's, it's silent it's, too. They they use fanless cooling uh, with with the way they build it. They build a tri- they built it around a triangular heat sink, um, which who who thought of doing that before? Nobody. It's pretty pretty amazing the way they built it. And even inside, like you, you open up most computers, um, the circuit boards and the motherboards look kind of ugly. This is like like they they designed it down to the the traces it's it's beautiful it really is it is quite beautiful and it's quite fast uh a a article on gizmodo basically wrote that the thing has more computing power than many developing nations like the (laughs) single workstation has more than some countries so but unfortunately it is a mac pro so that means it is expensive I would like to see some other manufacturers try out this level of PC build because if you go back far enough to like the 90s, everyone had the beige boxes. And then in the late 90s, early 2000s, you had the modding community. I, I was part of the modding community. I ran modding.net with a bunch of other people. And uh, people started building new ones and getting really, really out there on PC design and, and all the different things you could do. We were the first to paint cases, stealth drive bays, put windows in, put modding in, put lighting and liquid cooling, and that just went everywhere. But we've fallen back into a rut. And Apple evidently has not. Nokia also had their worldwide conference. They launched three new devices, a mid-level 5.5-inch phone, the 1320, a top-level 6-inch, almost 6.5-inch phablet, the 1520, and a new tablet, the 2520. The high-end phone, the phablet, the 1520, has a uh, 20-megapixel fully stabilized camera using their PureView lens. 
and otherwise there's really not much to say about this. I mean, they all have 1080 screens. Oh, they're using the uh, new Qualcomm 800 chip. The, the, sorry, the Snapdragon 800 chip. So, this is this is top-level Android-level hardware running Windows Phone. So, if you're a fan of Windows Phone and you've just been waiting to have a phone as big as your fracking head, this is it. <laughs> Now you can uh, you can show it off to all those Galaxy Note three users who've been rubbing it in your face. Yeah, that will do it. <laughs> um, not to be outdone by Apple's launch, however, Nokia decided. You have to understand, Nokia's PR department really know how to stick it to Apple. I, I think uh, they've been running ads constantly about the iPhone's shortcomings. Microsoft has taken a page. I think, Zoner, you were saying that your son was noticing, like, the Surface commercial versus the iPad. Yeah. Yep. Well, well one, of the, one of the commercials pokes fun at both Apple and Android, where they're all taking pictures at the Play, and all the yep. Apple versus Android people are, are fighting, and Nokia, someone with the Nokia's in the back just taking pictures. Yeah, well... Well, you know, it's... It's interesting on that commercial with my wife. She saw that the other night, and they they've got what a forty eight megapixel or forty two. Yeah, it's a forty one megapixel. Forty one megapixel camera. My wife heard that, and she said, "Holy crap! They got a forty one megapixel camera." Remember when we spent three hundred dollars on a digital camera that had three megapixels? <laughs> I have a one point five megapixel digital camera downstairs in my antique cabinet. It's next to my Kodak Brownie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, people are taking notice of these commercials. Nokia is doing a very good job on their marketing, in my opinion. My wife, who who she sees my phone and she knows how to use it, but she likes her Android. She saw that commercial. She goes, "I want that. I want that phone only for that camera." <laughs> but but that aside, it, some backstory here: a filmmaker who loves Apple made a film about the type of person you need to be to stand in line and wait for the launch of a new iPhone. Uh, his name's Casey uh, Nestat, and I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing that, and I apologize if he, for some reason, ever hears this. Uh, but he made a film called The Dark Side of the iPhone 5S Lines. It's extremely popular. It's up on YouTube. It was... And it kind of pokes fun, tongue-in-cheek, because he's asking everyone, why are you in line? And everyone says the same thing. We're, we're, we're stupid. Or we're insane. We're crazy. Or it takes, a, <laughs> or it takes a crazy type of person to do this as they're sitting there doing this. There's, like, people laying on the ground in New York City, of all places. Uh, <laughs> There's someone sleeping in a plastic bag. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem smart. Just to get the phone. Just to have it. Uh, and they're just being mocked mercilessly. Well, Apple took his video, and when I say took, I mean literally they stole it. They stole his entire movie, recut it, re-edited it, just to make it look a little bit nicer for them, and released it as one of theirs, saying, this is ours now. This is our ad. Isn't this great? Well, not to let a good bit of marketing time go past, Nokia sent him a new... Uh, 1020. The 1020 is the one with the 41 megapixel camera. They sent it to him in this really crazy case with a note. It says, Casey, we know it sucks when you have your ideas ripped off. Stay original, Casey, and we hope you will consider capturing some new moments on this. If you're into it, let's do something together. Truly, your friends at Nokia. He went and good. put that onto, his, uh, onto all social media and has been making the rounds now. That's like a direct burn. There's nothing subtle about that. <laughs> There's nothing subtle or polite. That's just kind of funny. Now, my three-year-old would say that's a trouble burn. That's a that's trouble a, trouble burn? A, trouble burn, yeah. He's three. <laughs> it's, it's a trouble burn. I, wa I want to see that trending. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag trouble burn. <laughs> <laughs> There's a title for us. Yeah, I think that I, I think that Nokia was awesome. I love what Nokia's doing. You know, if they put Android on their phones, I'd probably have a Nokia phone right now. But Well, there is talk about that. No, I wait, know. there's talk about doing that in reverse, about putting Windows phone onto onto Android handsets. <laughs> yeah. Next time guys HTC. Next time we all meet together, you'll be wondering what I'm doing with your phone and I've rooted it and put Windows phone onto it just to screw with you guys. <laughs> 
Okay, into some Google news. Google launched something that may actually potentially be really, really awesome. Unless, of course, you're Schmitty, and then you think it's not going to be awesome. Everything, everything Google's evil. <laughs> wow, what happened? <laughs> they finally hit you one too many times? That's quite the about-face. Turns out Google was seeing someone else at the same time. I saw the pictures. A Schmitty scorned. <laughs> <laughs> so DDoS we talked about it earlier with the uh, NSA site a DDoS has been used by Anonymous for years as long as we've had a podcast we've been talking about security breaches and hacks and sites going down because of DDoS attacks well there's one service who's never really been struck by a DDoS attack at least according to our view and that's Google turns out Google has been just as attacked as everyone else but they've never fallen and they know why. They have something called Project Shield. Uh, and they're wanting to share that now with the rest of the internet. Uh, the person it, uh, who runs it actually wears uh, um, an eye patch. Yes, yes. It's like yeah. Shield. Yeah. With the, the, the Google helicarrier. <laughs> it's That's weird, though, because it used to, be a, used to be a white guy, and then it turned to a black bald guy. I, I don't understand. I, I didn't say it was a black bald guy. He just wears an eye patch. No, but he used to be a white guy now. We're talking about the Google. We're not talking about actual Shield. Oh. Never mind. <laughs> Google Fury. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. So, um, and I'm going to quote. Just move on. I'm going to quote directly just, from the article here. In short, this is a way of allowing website operators to take advantage of Google's own defenses against DDoS attacks. It uses an existing page speed service by which Google regularly scans your site and then hosts a copy of it on its own servers. Visitors to your site can then see the Google copy, which will not only be tweaked to make it load faster, but should be more resilient to DDoS attacks. End quote. Now, reading that out loud again for the third time, I suddenly understand perhaps why Schmitty isn't so thrilled at this. <laughs> but bear with me, okay? Because <laughs> I've committed to the devil's advocate side here. What this means is that, yeah, they can attack it all you want. All they're attacking is a cached copy. They're not actually attacking your site. We do this. Stolen Droids does this. If ever you see that uh, Cloudflare is giving you a cached copy, that's because we use Cloudflare to do this. Cloudflare keeps a cached copy of the site on its servers, and should anything ever happen or if we're ever attacked... They're actually attacking Cloudflare, not us directly. We do this because we can't afford really high-end security <laughs> systems. And before you ask, yes, we've been hit by attacks before. We've right. always shrugged them off. Um, now, if this was anyone... Now, maybe to kind of get... And I'll let Schmitty explain his viewpoint here, but maybe what he's worried about, and I suddenly realize he has very good reason to, if this was anyone but Google, maybe this would be a better idea. Yeah. Now, Google is probably in the best position to do this. Who else has a vast amount of servers aside from Amazon? No, I was about uh, to say I, Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. That, that has the the computing power to do this. Basically, just Google and Amazon. And and who knows when those two are going to pair up? That'll be a, an evil pair up if we ever see one. They'll take but, down the <laughs> NSA themselves then. Yeah. So uh, Google right now, um, it will since. 2001 has been crawling the web, crawling every website for the purposes of, of giving you good search results when you when you search. <clears throat> Not only that, but they're also using that data to advertise, as we all know. Um, and what better way to do that than to actually host, if not host your site, then actually ha host a cached version of your site. Then they don't have to go out and crawl your site because they have it. So it's it's bringing your information to them. It's one step closer, one less thing they have to do to get your data, which on the front end isn't all that bad, but it's what they use it for. That uh, It's also turning them into AOL. And, and I should... Shudder. Wow. Schmitty had a physical reaction to that. He looks kind of <laughs> That Ill. was awesome. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, and then they'll send out all these CDs with the with Google logo stamped on them, and I can hang them up on my wall next to the AOL CDs. Now, to be fair, uh, people out there may not know quite what I mean by that. AOL, of course, America Online, never actually got you out to the internet. That's I why in, my, in tech circles my way we out. called it. Yeah. yeah, in tech circles we called it almost online. 
what it did is it acted as a proxy. And instead of letting you go out to the internet, in layman's terms, it brought the internet into you. Is this what Germany's going to do? Maybe. Maybe. But no, I don't know how they could still, no. still block... Going back to the Germany thing, we could still see from our side what it is they're requesting. But if Google does this successfully, this means that potentially you could never leave Google's ecosystem no matter what you search because you're searching for things and you're getting pages, but you're getting pages on Google servers. Yeah, you think you're browsing every other site on the Internet, but Google's still seeing what you're doing. They're seeing what you're clicking, where you are. And they're giving you their version of the page, which may or may not have some Google ads on it. <laughs> See, and, that, and that's where the scary part is. They might have a cached version of my site. I might not have Google uh, Google ads on it, and they may be slipping them in. I would never know. The users that, that see it might never know that I didn't put those Google ads on there. Well, didn't they say, though, that they're going to optimize the pages and whatnot? By optimize, we mean make them better for us. <laughs> yes, yes. Optimization is all relative. Yes, it is, actually. <laughs> it's that, a feature, that, not a that's, that's actually a new uh, urban dictionary. <laughs> if you look up optimization, a process by which Google makes a load of money off you, and you see none of it. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I've changed my tune. After thinking of that, I don't... If it was anyone else, if it was Amazon doing this, I'd even feel better. Even though Amazon is a for-profit company just like Google, I would still feel better. I don't know that I like this either. I think this is a bad idea all around. I can understand why they're why they're wanting to do it and why, you know, where they're coming from, but I don't like it. Let's just have the NSA do it. They've already got a copy of the internet anyway out in their warehouse in the middle of the Utah desert. I would feel better about the NSA doing it. <laughs> I mean, they're already watching what we're doing anyway, right? What does it matter if we're doing it on their servers? Well, because well, the NSA wouldn't be doing it to make money. Are you sure about that? <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, deficit, no longer an issue. No longer an issue. <laughs> I've seen the blacklist. I know how much information and like that's worth. Yeah. Just saying. Hmm. Okay, well, nice try, Google, but we're wise to you. You've hit us one too many times. We can't trust you anymore. But I love him. It's just funny. By the way, if anyone thinks that we're, like, making light of victimized people... Okay, so we kind of are. I'll I'll fess up to that. We we kind of are, but we don't actually mean it. Just Schmitty and Google. Oh, boy. Uh, Speaking of Google... uh... YouTube is preparing to launch a new music service, music streaming service. Uh, and to this, you say, "Well, don't they already have Google Music?" Um, but apparently, yeah. they're going it's to be doing, doing so this. Great. <laughs> apparently, they're going to be doing this through YouTube. Um, they'll be having uh, a premium subscription service where you can stream not just music but also music videos. Um, and uh, it, this, this. This is kind of where my confusion starts because um, YouTube, <laughs> you get you get free music videos on it anyway. Uh, granted, there are ads on it now, and, and hopefully a paid subscription service would mean no more ads. Um, and this this is sponsored in part by Billboard, so maybe Billboard would be serving them up. I don't know. Is there intent to? harken back to the early days of MTV where you've got the VJs and, you know we can get Adam Curry with his awesome big mullet <laughs> kind there. of I mean if you if you look at the billboard channel they have interviews and stuff like that so it is kind of like the original uh, you know VH1 and stuff so I almost get the feeling that it's almost like well you have an internet site make it streaming audio because it's just the thing to do now right well, and one of the other plus sides um, to having a premium account through this streaming service is that you'd be able to play stuff in offline mode. Um, big deal. But uh, think about all the YouTube videos you want to keep in a playlist or something uh, to show friends, and you get to you get to a party to show them, and you don't have a data connection or something. This um, way, you can. So. Hey, everyone! I have Windows Phone eight. I have that already. Right. 
Sorry. Well, no, I know. Sorry. I, Sorry. And, and that's why we're thinking. You know, is it what what? I'm I'm trying to think of good things about this, but uh, over it all, when it all comes down to it, it's like, what's the big deal? Um, well, and, and this isn't even in our headlines, but this is kind of a good part of it too. They're actually going to have their first annual YouTube Music Awards coming up here mm-hmm. soon. And With, I, and I only found this out because it's on a Glove and Boots video, which is a weird <laughs> I, place I to really get news. hope Chocolate Rain wins wins for Song of the well, Year. Well, and and Mario, one of the puppets, I'm getting news from a puppet. I'm truly Japanese now, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but he asks, why on earth is YouTube doing a music awards show? And the other puppet points out, well, when's the last time you watched a music video? It was probably on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Now Fafa's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> you know you can trust this news when it comes from a Muppet groundhog. <laughs> Named Fafa. And, and speaking of that, if any of you have any connections with Mario or Fafa, send them our way, please. We would love to have them on our We've show. We've been writing them now for a while. I really... Uh, you know, you never know quite how weird something sounds until you say it out loud. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm referencing news that I heard from a nondescript red muppet. <laughs> I know I can I, trust it. I have this friend who's a glove. <laughs> Ew, Schmitty. <laughs> Hashtag things you can't say out loud. <laughs> Hashtag trouble burn. <laughs> Speaking of failures waiting to happen or failures in progress, you know BlackBerry, that company? Yeah, you probably do because you you listened to us for a while. Well, (laughs) we've talked about a bunch of different people who want to buy it. There's that financial firm um, who want to, uh, Fairfax Financial, who want to buy it for $4.7 billion. Uh, It turns out that the original co-founders, Micah Lazaridis and Doug Fegren, I can't pronounce last names. It just doesn't happen. Uh, they want to go in. They have a bunch of investors. They want to buy the company back and run it. Lenovo talked about it. Uh, there's rumblings that maybe Google or Dell are looking at it. There's one other person who might be looking at buying it to run it. And his name is John Scully. If you don't know who John Scully is, it's probably because you're too old to remember the 90s. John Scully forced Steve Jobs out of Apple. He he basically yeah. fired the founder from the company. Then launched a not-so-successful product called the Newton. Mm-hmm. Uh, then launched the initiative to get Mac onto PC builds. Uh, they're, they're fake Macintoshes, the Hackintoshes from the 90s. Then he turned the company's mass amount of profits into abject failures and loss and left the company. Well, now he thinks he can do better with BlackBerry. <laughs> You're making him sound like a stand-up guy. <laughs> I tell you, he can't do much worse. <laughs> you know, with a name like John Scully, he sounds like he should be sailing the seven seas. It sounds like he should be, like, solving X-Files. <laughs> I wonder, where'd you get that yeah, connection? Yeah, you, you got me there. You got me there. Yeah, how do you take a turd? <laughs> and, <laughs> with, a, with a glove. Did finish that thought? <laughs> Gonna finish that thought or just let it first, hang? First, you get a glove. That's all I'm gonna say. Pinch it off, Zoner. Pinch it off. How, how do you take a turd like Blackberry when you have a track record like he's got and actually think you're gonna be successful? I mean, the guy had Apple and he turned it into a turd. Well, to he give him credit, it. to give him credit, this uh, he he did work at. Uh, Pepsi Cola before that, and did did turn that company around for the better. To give him a little bit more credit than than Zook set him up for. <laughs> so well, yeah. And then he went to Apple immediately after going. Well, I don't know anything about tech, but I went up against Coca Cola. Guess what? Yeah. It really does help to know something about the company you're May- taking over. Maybe he should go back to the cola industry. Is what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, this this is going to be an awesome train wreck to watch. I, I'm excited to see what happens here. I, I, if I were BlackBerry, I'd be taking a look at that offer letter and going, "Hmm, 
wow, have things really gotten that bad? Are we are we to that point that John Scully is going and hey, I can help you guys? Because <laughs> that's not a good sign. That's not a good place to be. Right. Um, turns out BlackBerry also can't evidently launch a product and even give itself fake reviews correctly. This is what we were talking about <laughs> earlier in the show. This one is a triple facepalm when it comes to just stupid. BBM, BlackBerry Messenger, finally launched again for Android and iOS. Uh, Zoner, I think, read a great review of it, whose headline was, uh, what was it, if you want to send it to the past. It's a great app as a time machine, only to send things to people in the past. Right. <laughs> I slaughtered that. The idea is, is that why the crap would anyone use BlackBerry Messenger when everyone has every other type of messenger to use? Yeah, BlackBerry Messenger was great five years ago for people that had Blackberries. Yeah. Since then, we've had a little thing called Google Chat, Yahoo Chat, Trillion, ICQ, AOL Messenger, MSN Messenger, MSN Communicator, Windows Communicator, Windows Messenger, which I know are all the same thing, Skype, and actual SMS texting. So this is five years too late. Yeah, very five years too late. Well, suddenly, a whole bunch of reviews have hit the Android Play Store. Let me read a couple of them for you. Taco Pizza, um, that's the name, that's the uh, subject of the, uh, the review, written by Nick LeBlanc. Thanks, Blackberry. Thank you so much, Blackberry team. I was waiting this app. It's really great, user friendly, and smooth. Well, that sounds pretty good. He gave it five stars. Frankie Lou says, Thank you so much, BlackBerry team. I was waiting this app. It's really great, user-friendly, and smooth. Gave it five stars. Jeremy Tregler said, Thank you so much, BlackBerry team. I was waiting this app. It's really great, user-friendly, and smooth. He only gave it three stars. Uh, so evidently he wasn't that uh, that impressed. Ryan Scott. It wasn't as smooth for him as it was for the others. Ryan Scott writes, Thank you so much, BlackBerry team. I was waiting this app. It's really great, user-friendly, and smooth. He gave it one star. Um, <laughs> I hope you're seeing the trend here. <laughs> my very favorite is from Rule Ahmed. He gave it five stars. And his review says, Dear Mr. Ahmed, please post the following comment on the new BlackBerry Messenger Android app. Thank you so much, BlackBerry team. I was waiting this app. It's really great, user-friendly, and smooth BBT. So, so what, what we thought originally was a bot posting all these, now we have revealed to us that it's just an army of puppets, some of them not as bright as others. He copied and pasted the entire email into the review. And it's not even a properly written sentence. <laughs> This episode of Stolen Droids is really great, user-friendly, and smooth. If they were going to have puppets, they should have got Mario and Fafa from Glove and Boots to do it. Because they would have come up with much better reviews. They should have gotten Nigerian spammers. They would have gotten better copy. Are you you sure that the person who wrote the copy, though, wasn't a Nigerian spammer? Because the grammar's kind of on par. I was waiting this headline. I was waiting this... Waiting this review so smooth. So smooth. And friendly. According, according to BlackBerry spokesperson Victoria Berry, which just has to be... That was her interview. Your name's Barry? Oh, you're hired. Quote, We have recently been made aware of a number of potentially fake five-star reviews of BBM for Android on Google Play. We do not approve or condone of such activities and are committed to working with Google to resolve this. End quote. Did she say anything about how it must be in the <laughs> utmost secrecy? <laughs> this is... <laughs> there's nothing else to say. Oops, they caught us. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. That's just embarrassing. That is straight up embarrassing. Hey, you know what else is embarrassing? Turns out that in Taiwan, they have very, very, very strict rules when it comes to commerce. You cannot go out and purposely lambast your competition in the marketplace. The idea being that your products need to speak for themselves. So when Taiwan found that that's exactly what Samsung was doing, it was paying an army of people to blast HTC on different social sites and forums and everything, they got fined $300,000. 
Well, 340,000 U.S. dollars. It's actually like 10 million Taiwanese dollars. That's kind of a black eye. Yeah, that's... Well, it kind of makes you wonder uh, if if uh, American companies would start doing that because it, when you when you look at something, I mean, even though what BlackBerry did wasn't uh, wasn't really sandblasting uh, against another company, it still negatively hurt their own image. <laughs> oh, so me? Well, I just thought of something. What if it was another company that was doing it to make BlackBerry look? Like they were. Was it Samsung? <laughs> I don't think anyone cares that much about BlackBerry to try and blast them. That's uh, something to think you know. About. BlackBerry's one of those companies where you just give them enough rope, and they're going to hang themselves with it. If not BlackBerry proper, I still bet you it was someone at BlackBerry. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a company decision. They didn't sit down at an executive board and say, "Yeah, we should totally screw this up like this." It was just one person thinking they were doing a great job. Probably the same person who had the be bold team. You know, <laughs> no, that person was. They fired. decided to be bold. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that person was fired. You know, just yeah, something like that. Um, or promoted to CEO. We have a few more headlines we need to blast through really fast we can skip that one we can skip that one we can skip that one but this one i want to end on it's our last one (laughs) facebook has decided to redo its terms of service concerning embedded videos uh and pictures some videos were posted online a while ago of a woman being beheaded yeah we're, we're deciding to go a bit serious after all that yeah a woman is actually being beheaded in this video People spoke out against it, and Facebook wisely decided to change their terms of service to say, we're probably not going to post many beheading videos after this. Somehow, an advocacy (laughs) rights group had problems with that. And Facebook has been forced to reverse their stance, saying, I guess it is kind of free speech. How the crap is this free speech? (laughs) Now, this video has been used many different places. In some places, people are saying, look at how the Arabs treat their women. A woman just looked at another man, and she's getting beheaded. You know, they're turning this into a really political thing. In truth, the woman in question is, um, she's down in Mexico. It's a drug cartel that have captured her and are killing her. There's nothing cool about this on any level. This isn't no. some journalist who's being done in by a terrorism group. This isn't some political statement by either the left or the right saying how bad our enemies are. This is a bunch of drug thugs. A drug cartel. Yeah. yeah, this is bad on all counts. But Facebook is now allowing this to go out. Just in time, too, remember, we had uh, news last week of them allowing more and more youth into their group. Now, there are some things you can't post on Facebook. If something looks potentially like a nipple, <laughs> it's out. Even if it's obviously not. There's a, like, there's an, a, like an elbow. <laughs> yeah, there's a classic case of a woman in a... she's a picture has been taken of her in the tub and her elbows are out on the edge of the tub, but her elbows look enough like nipples that they banned the account. Yeah. So that's evidently bad. But if that same woman without nipples was getting her head cut off, that's okay, I guess. Now, <laughs> what if they were cutting her nipples off? <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, having said all that, Squishy just got back from New York Comic Con and gave me a few pictures. There's a picture in there that I was kind of surprised. I didn't look at them before I uploaded them. I don't know how much longer that picture of Tinkerbell is going to stay on our site. It's, it's Poison Ivy. Oh, it is Poison Ivy? She doesn't have the red hair. Uh, neither did. <laughs> she didn't have the wings, so that's what oh, that's gave true. it away. That's true. So anyway, what are your thoughts on that? Free speech or just decency? You know, feedback at stolendroids.com. Um, anyway, into our favorites. First one is, uh, my mom sent this to me. It's a link <laughs> from a Smithsonian researcher who said that during a zombie apocalypse, we don't need to worry about zombies. He points out that there are enough carrion animals. Those are animals that like, uh, feed off of the deceased, like vultures, coyotes, things like that, and insects, and just microorganisms in general, who feast on dead and rotting tissue, we would not have to worry about them. <laughs> we just have to hunker down long enough for them to do their work. 
it, it points out that uh, a vulture can bring a human carcass down to nothing but bone in only a few hours. This, of course, does lead to the other issue. So evidently we don't have to worry about zombies. We just have to worry about every other animal overrunning us. <laughs> just an entire herd of wild pigs gotten used to zombie flesh overrunning our defenses. I don't know if that's much better than zombies, but uh, it's just a really funny read. You need to check it out. We're actually perfectly safe in the event of a zombie apocalypse. Well, once they get a taste for human flesh, they're going to be all over us. Your house cat that you thought was so cute when you dressed up like Snow White for Halloween, (laughs) she's going to be all over you, and not in a good way. Thanks. Um, Thanks. My favorite this week is a video for all of you Apple people out there who just love your iPhone with Siri. Uh, It's how to get a date using Siri. Uh, Some filmmaker guy down in Zook and Schmitty's neck of the woods in Utah uh, did this short little film. I think it's rigged somehow because I'm pretty sure that they're showing functionality that Siri doesn't actually have but it's still entertaining nonetheless. You should give it a check. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Alright, my favorite of the week is brought to us by AV Byte uh, on YouTube. Uh, they do um, musical versions of of a lot of TV shows and movies. This one is The Walking Dead, the musical. Uh, it's pretty entertaining and hilarious about The Walking Dead complaining about live people. So check it out. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Does it mention those carrion animals constantly eating them? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our show this week. Again, we want to hear from you. Uh, the feedback at stolendroids.com. You can call our number, of which I don't remember right now. I think 917-GEEK. <laughs> 801-917-GEEK. I'm great at this. Uh, Anyway, until next time, stay user-friendly and smooth. (laughs) End of line. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.